God is with you. Let us pray. God of the teasing riddle, whose questions undo our certainty, set us on a different path. Give us a heart of passion, a searching mind, gentle strength of body, and unseen depths of soul, that we might love you wholly and our neighbor as ourself. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, we talked about various pedagogical methods. In that discussion, I left off one of the most interesting and contested pedagogical approaches of all time the Socratic method. The Socratic method is the cornerstone of most law school educations. In most law schools, it involves two aspects, cold calling and questioning. The professor will choose at random one student in the class and call on them. This is not planned. It's out of the blue, hence the term cold calling. The professor then asks that student questions for the duration of the discussion or for an extended period. This is how Greek philosopher Socrates approached issues as we know it through Plato. Socrates asked questions. Rather than simply convincing others through his words or ideas, which an approach that philosophers would call rhetoric, Socrates used the dialectic approach. He used dialogue to work through issues rather than stating facts or using persuasive language to come to a conclusion. In the broad sense, the Socratic method involves three steps. Ask for a definition or an opinion. Ask a, def a question that raises it as an exception to that definition. And then ask for a better definition or opinion. In his dialectic approach, Socrates claimed to know nothing. He would question others relentlessly, often to the point that they realized that they also knew nothing. The Socratic method is a means of exposing ignorance. Precisely the intention that sparks the gospel today. The Pharisees get together to trap Jesus. Again, the setting is in Jerusalem in the last days of Jesus' life. All sorts of groups are getting together to stump Jesus and dismantle the ticking time bomb of people who are jumping on the Jesus bandwagon. This time, the Pharisees are up at bat. Who among them speaks? A lawyer. The lawyer does what lawyers do, what they are trained to do, expose ignorance, use questioning to reveal guilt or flaw. The lawyer asks, which commandment is the greatest? And Jesus answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That one is a softball. 
If you ask American children to say the alphabet, they will likely sing it to you with the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, a metal melody that was lifted from the French song, which was popularized actually by Mozart through his 12 variations on that theme. In other words, the tradition runs deep. Our children voice something deep in our culture. Likewise, if you ask a Judean child in the ancient Near East to repeat something from the law of Moses, they would likely quote the Shema. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, Numbers 15. It shows up a couple different places. This passage and the prayer related to it are central to Judaism. This is a passage that is posted on doors of Jewish households and businesses with the mezuzah often identified simply by the Hebrew letter Shin, which is the first letter in the word Shema. Jewish culture and Jewish children pray the Shema before they go to bed. Everybody knows it. Jesus' answer here is not unique. But Jesus anticipates the next question in this Socratic method. He gives a second commandment, the next important one. He quotes from Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19 is part of what scholars call the holiness code. It's the section of Leviticus that gives instruction for how People maintain cleanliness. Hebrew Bible scholar Catherine Schifferdecker says that this is where God reminds the people that matter matters. Our relationship to things, to the material world, affects our spiritual health and our relationship to God. Faith is not just a question of belief. What we eat and drink matters. How we treat Others matters. Matter matters. So what sort of instruction does Leviticus give us? We read a little bit of it today. You shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. How about that? We could stop right there and unpack that for a few years. Exploitation of workers, pharmaceutical companies getting rich off of suffering, insurance companies, the food we eat, undocumented immigrants, environmental racism that exposes our black and brown siblings to deadly chemicals and harmful situations. Much of our lives depend on the blood and sweat of our neighbors. Leviticus reminds us that is not right. It also reminds us you shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. Tough words in this election period, but it doesn't stop there. It also says, you shall reprove your neighbor. Don't let injustice continue. You've got to speak up. You've got to say something. It goes on. 
You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people. Ooh, tough. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus quotes this passage and sticks it alongside the Shema, he is bringing us back to the justice work in Leviticus. Matter matters. You need faith and works, contemplation and action. It's not unique. Other folks have said what Jesus said. It's like twinkle, twinkle. It's not unique. It's just good. With that, Jesus stops the Pharisees' questions. It's so good that it stops the questions. And then it's Jesus' turn to take up the Socratic method. He asks a question that stumps the lawyers. To most of us, this question about David and the Messiah doesn't matter. It's esoteric stuff that only churchy people care about. And I think that's Jesus' point. It's Jesus. Some people say this is like Jesus' dad joke. He catches them up in like a, a pun or like a, a, a funny thing that doesn't really matter. And his point is, don't get caught up in the legalistic perspective that is so limited. You can know all the law so well that it is meaningless. Don't seek legalism. Seek God and neighbor. Love God and neighbor. Love is a practice. In the words of Dr. King, love is a decision, but it is not a one-time decision. We have to make that decision to love every day. We make the decision when we wake up. I make it when I wake up and turn my heart to God with my contemplative moment as soon as I wake up. I make that decision to love with the food I eat, considering the impact of my diet on the planet and on my neighbors who grow and gather it. I'm faced with the decision to love when my boys come downstairs with bright faces seeking hugs. I make the decision to love every time I have to change a diaper. I make the decision to love every time I gather with each and every one of you, however we are doing it. Fortunately, you make the decision to love easy. I love each of you. You are a gift from God to me to my family, and to the world. The decision to love is not always easy. It's usually very hard. We get distracted, frustrated, and rushed. But, like the Socratic method, the decision to love does not stop. It is a continuous process that gives us infinite opportunity to join love eternal. We can be part of love eternal unfolding. It is a decision we make again and again and again. Amen.
the mustard seed this week is to apply the Socratic method to the decision to love. We're going to do that with one simple question. How can I love right now? Over and over again throughout the week, return to that question. How can I love right now? How can I love right now? That is the mustard seed. That is the practice for this week. Ask that question continuously. How can I love right now? Have a great week. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the good earth, and for the wisdom to live into our interdependence with all of God's creation. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute. For prisoners and captives and for all who remember and care for them. God is love. Hear the prayers of your people. God, the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. God is love. Hear the prayers of your people. For deliverance from all violence, oppression, and degradation. God of love. For the good work of this community, may our roles be uplifted by one another as we do healing work in Isla Vista and beyond. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. We pray for all who are struggling through this election cycle. We pray for true change to come through the election. True change and hope in this country. For all of these we pray. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. God of love, hear the prayers of your people. All that we have asked faithfully, grant that we may obtain effectually to your honor and glory. Amen. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, 